Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, God is one. Over the last several days, we have spoken about how all the vices appeared to have united to condemn Christ, the pride and envy of the scribes and Pharisees, the avarice of Judas, the sensuality of Herod, and the indecision and egoism of Pilate. But on this Easter Sunday, as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord, we see that the vices may have condemned Christ to the cross, but that they merely contributed to their own defeat on that cross and to the defeat of their consequence, death itself. Moreover, I want to discuss how the resurrection itself is the foundation of the theological virtues, faith, hope, and love from which all other virtues flow. On faith, the resurrection increased the faith of the apostles. For example, in St. John's Gospel, when the Jews ask, what sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Jesus answers, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. And they replied, it's taken 46 years to build this temple and you're going to raise it in three days? But St. John says that the temple he had spoken of was his body. And ironically, you may recall that this was the ultimate charge that stuck from the false witnesses. But it was twisted slightly, of course, by the false witnesses, much like Satan twisted the words of God in the Garden of Eden. The false witnesses said that Jesus had said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. So we see that the, his resurrection was the key to the disciples' faith. For St. John continues, after he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said about the temple of his body. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. And on Pentecost, they preached the need for faith immediately leading to the conversion of countless people. We see in the epistles of Paul the centrality of the resurrection to our faith. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, if Christ has not been raised then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The resurrection confirms the elements of our faith, that Jesus is God, that he saved us from sin and death, and that we will be raised, and that we are on the road to eternity with him by being joined to him in the church. And turning to hope, the gospel sequence him today uh, and would, will sing, would sing, if we had masses every day this week, would sing throughout the Easter octave and, until next Sunday. It says, Yea, Christ, my hope is arisen. To Galilee he goes before you. The, res the resurrection gives new life to the hope we have in the ultimate victory of God in, and in the risen Christ. We know that, uh, we, that in the risen Christ, we know we can hope to be delivered from the trials of this life because we can recognize them as merely temporary suffering that we share with our Lord and God. 
that our enemies will be conquered, both spiritual and physical, that we will join God in his victorious kingdom, and that God is faithful and has fulfilled all of his covenant with us. In the words of St. Paul, again, this time from the third chapter of Philippians, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. And finally, charity or love. Christ's death and resurrection are the ultimate act of love and charity. Jesus tells us greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. And we are God's friends, even when we betray him, as did Judas. Jesus still calls him friend, even as he approaches him in the garden of Gethsemane to seize him. In the Orthodox prayers, uh, God is often called philanthropos, from which we get the word philanthropy, which means the lover of mankind. He is the ultimate lover of mankind. And we are called to love mankind as God has loved mankind. First, we must love God so that he can fill us with his love. And Jesus tells us, if we love him, we will keep his commandments. And then we must love our neighbor. These are the commandments upon which all other commandments hang. And we know that to love God and neighbor we must, as Jesus commands us to take up our cross and follow him. Death, death to this world, to its enticements, its idols, its, sin, its sins, its lies, are the road to life. The baptisms we did last night are a spiritual death that unites us to Christ in this life. But our physical death is still required, but we will then be raised. Death is the road to life. And the resurrection assures it and brings us as members of Christ's body to a new life of love and charity. By dying, we can become truly free. But the problem is we're afraid to die. But we have no reason to be afraid, for Christ is risen. So purge out the old leaven so that Christ can leaven you. Hear also this from the same epistle of Paul. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these two you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, then forgiving one another, as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love.
which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. So not only did the vices fail in their attempts to quash God's victory, but they led to the magnification of virtue in Christ's resurrection, of the ultimate love of the cross and resurrection, a love which binds everything together in perfect harmony, of hope in the ultimate victory of God already assured by the resurrection victory of Christ, and of faith in our wonderful God and his resurrection which begins it all. To close, I want to remind you that every Sunday in the Eucharist, we celebrate the central mystery of our faith, intimately tied to Christ's resurrection, an act of faith in God, of hope that God is and will continue to transform us, and of the love of God and of our neighbor through the prayers we offer them and the loving unity we confirm among our brothers and sisters in Christ. St. Paul, in his ongoing discussion of the fact that if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain, later says that if the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. He's there quoting Isaiah 22, 13. But today, this Easter Sunday, celebrate the resurrection that confirms that the dead are indeed raised, that Christ is risen. And so let us eat and drink of the body and blood of Christ. For today, we don't die, we live. Amen. Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.